0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. The raise radio network proudly presents this week in raise baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Oh, we appreciate you joining us for our latest podcast. Uh, This one should be a lot of fun as well. We've had so many members of the 2008 a World Series team joining us, and now one joining us from his home in California. That being one of my favorite people, uh, being J.P. Howell, uh, left-handed How pitcher for the Rays from years back. J.P., good to see you. How are you, my friend?
1: Doing great, man. Thanks for having me, Neil. It's good to see your face. This is my, uh, my first Zoom, <laughs> and it's, I'm glad it's with you, dude. I, we go way back to uh, the Durham days, so uh, it's, it's good to do this with you, man. So, what has this been like for you? Give us, give our fans an idea.
0: Cause you're in California, which is one of the states that has probably went into, you know, stay at home mode a lot quicker than others. What's it been like? How long has it been for you in, in terms of staying at home?
1: It's been there uh, 40, 50, 60 days now. I mean, it's, it's been a long haul. But um, for me, it's honestly, not, not too many changes other than. You going out in public and there's not many people there. Uh, It's it's unbelievable how barren it is because we usually have a lot of traffic out there and um, there's almost none. I mean it's clear on the freeways, which is you know being in LA, you guys would know too. I mean uh, you know being out that way, it's it's jam packed and and it was kind of uh, barren. So and then for my parents, they're 75, so we were a little sketched. We were a little sketched out for them. We kept them quarantined. They still are kind of uh, behind closed doors, which is was tough on my dad because he's out there. He's real active. And uh, my mom, it was perfect timing almost, you know, not, not to say that, but she broke her, her leg about a couple months ago. And so this, this shutdown is the same time as her shutdown. So uh, she needed to be inside, and, 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 and she had some heart conditions we had to watch for. So it's been, uh, it's been a unique adjustment, especially in California where people are usually outside and, and running around trying to do things. So it's been a complete halt, and uh, we, we're trying to do the best we can with it. Is all of your family healthy to this point, JP? Yeah, everyone's been good. I haven't known anyone affected by this uh, disease, this virus or anything, but, um, you know, we, we've we've done our job. we washed our hands. We've always kind of followed those rules, but at the same time, you know, you can't notice, but wash them five more times a day than you <laughs> normally do, you know? So we've been doing that. Uh, it's been, it's been, we're, everyone around here, I can get the sense of ready to go back to work, but but a little scared still, a little scared. We want to understand what's going on completely and, and make sure we're doing it slow.
0: And you're someone who I've always known is really optimistic by nature. Um, how has that helped you through all of this?
1: I mean, this is, uh, I know it's hard. It's, it's, easy for it's easy to be optimistic right now, but I, I, I put myself in the shoes of, um, like, guys that can't pay their bills or missing a paycheck here and there. And, and all you can do, I mean, your only power is to, is to keep going. I mean, that's the only power you got whenever you're in, in hard times is to look at it as an opportunity As as weird as that may sound whenever, you know, you don't, you don't want a a negative opportunity, opportunity, but when there is one, um, you might as well grasp it and, and show people how you can be during the worst times and, and, uh, show them what kind of a man or woman you are and, um, and lead others to, to staying up. Don't let, don't fall into the stuff you hear on media or the stuff that you thinking in your head, just, Things will things will turn out what they are and uh you know, be yourself and through this as much as you can and and don't panic. I know it's hard, it's easy, but the you know, the tensions are high. Um, you know, for a lot of people for me, my main heart goes out to the guys with people that can't pay their bills right now due to this. That's such a that's a tough deal. So um, prayers and, and thoughts to them for sure. Do
0: you have any family or friends in the healthcare industry
1: at all? I have a bunch of friends in the healthcare industry and, uh, a lot of them are nurses. One of them, one of my best friends is an EMT. And, um, and they've seen a They said that in the California, the governor's done great. I mean, uh, you know, he's supplied them with everything in the hospitals. Everything's been, been, been moving smooth in that, in that aspect. But um, like I said, it's more people, people's mental side. Um, those that don't have a lot of friends and family and they have to stay quarantined. That's not, that's not very fun. Um, uh, so you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people have not been affected by it completely, right? But uh, those that are lonely or, or missing, missing a paycheck, that's where I've noticed some, some real struggles where you can't really go back and, you know, time doesn't, doesn't freeze for them, you know?
0: No. And for you, what are you doing now? Are you, um, I know that I read, was it last year, or the year before you actually were still
1: playing um, no. out, in, no, no. out in like California somewhere and independently. I was, man. I tried to right when the uh, right when I was kind of. I, I haven't even retired. I don't even know how to do that. I guess you just make a phone call or something. But right when I was kind of trying to figure out, um, you know, if I was going to continue or not uh, playing, I, I went to independent ball in California, which is really a low key. Even for independent ball, it's even more low key than, than anything. I mean, it were you know, uh, my first day there, I, I walk in and I'm and I'm thinking, I need a trainer. I need to get, get my blood flowing. I need I need a gym. And there's none of that, you know, and I had, like, messed up elbow going on. I had a messed up shoulder. So I needed, I needed to stretch and stuff. So I, I pitched about three or four games. It didn't last. I mean, one of my last pitches was a grand slam to some 20-year-old kid, you know. He just – I mean, he took me way back. So that was the handwriting on the wall for me, you know, at that stage. But a lot of fun. I mean, they were great. It was a grind. Uh, but now I'm, uh, I'm really just hanging out with my family, my nephew, my mom and dad, my sister, things I didn't get to do when I was playing. I missed a lot, you know what I mean, uh, mm-hmm. of stuff. So, now I'm 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 really just overhauling on that and getting a getting a huge load of that and loving it.
0: Do you want to get back in the game at some point, though? I mean, yeah. you have
1: always been like a giving
0: person, so I'm kind of curious if you ever wanted to coach or scout or help out.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I definitely want to, but I got to, you know, it's such a such a grind when you're in it. I mean, traveling, I mean, just being so paranoid about what you're eating and and your mental. I mean, you got to stay focused and aware of what you're thinking and doing, all that stuff. I mean, for me especially, I had to do that. You know, some guys are so talented, they can work hard and then kind of just go, go with the flow and show up. But for me, it took a big toll on me, man. And I'm just kind of relaxing for a minute and, and slowing down, you know? How did you do it?
0: Because for people who don't remember, I mean, you were a guy who topped out, really topped out at 90. And mm-hmm. through, you know, what, almost 500-plus games in the big leagues,
1: I mean, there aren't many guys who do that in this day and age. I mean, it was, um, it was tiring. I mean, I had to study. It was never I could never just show up like you do in high school. Remember, that's what I thought big leagues was going to be like, man. You just show up. You have a great time. You're just working hard. Mine was you had to work hard. You had to focus. I had to watch guys in between innings. It almost had a point of paranoia. I'm not lying. I mean, it was. It had to be that way for me. I had to watch everything to make sure I made uh, the right decision on the mound. And, um, and, and the way I kind of eased stress was to just overly study, overly watch these guys, and uh, that's how I kind of relieved it. I kind of just uh, I dove all the way in. When I was playing ball, I was all in, man. I was all in. Just, I, was trying to, I used to pretend I was like a sniper, and I had to go out and, and, and get that guy, like, you know, lefty specialist or whatever I was doing at the time, and uh, it was a lot of fun.
0: You, you always were a guy with a smile on your face, though, and I think that's what people who are Rays fans remember so much about you And I always remember how many strikeouts you picked up for a guy who didn't throw hard. Was that always the case for you? And why do you think – because you didn't have a big fastball. Why do you think you were so good at at getting swings
1: and misses? I think that's what I learned at a young age is is I kind of willed it. I I never gave in. I'd rather walk walk a run in and strike out three than, you know what I mean, just giving in constantly. So I, I either hit the corner or it was a ball. And I know that's annoying to hit with. You know, you're never going to get one middle. Those guys start to get antsy after – if you walk a guy twice, he wants to hit you. I mean, he doesn't want to walk for the third. So, I mean, I would pitch around guys, but, but then be aggressive when I had to. So, I was kind of uh, – I kind of played soft. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to mess with the guy. And then I would attack him, and we're 3-2. You know, we're on a 3-2 count, which is a, a money pitch. And now we're all – everyone's stressed out the same. You know, it's an evil – even playing field. And uh, I loved with the greatest hitters to get the 3-2 counts. You get a lot of strikeouts in those counts. And uh, 0-2, I don't think I got many strikeouts. 0-2, they ended up fouling a bunch off and then getting to 3-2 anyway. So, for me, it was a 3-2 counts that I really thrived in. Your biggest out was
0: a lefty on lefty. It was game seven of the ALCS, eighth inning against Big Poppy.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you remember? Do you remember the at-bat? Uh, you know, I just remember – I don't really. And that's one of the rare ones. I don't remember the pitch-to-pitch thing. I just, that whole, that whole, starting then, leading to the very end of the World Series, I kind of, I went blank. I mean, it was, I remember thinking, don't torture me, let me get this close to the World Series and not make it in that game seven. So, uh, I remember it was a ground out, you know, it was a ground out to second. I do remember that. And then I remember acting um, mad that I was getting taken out, but I was so happy to be taken out. I was like, yeah, yeah, I was so stressed and scared. No, I mean, but at the same time, it was such a blast. And, uh, uh, from that from that, I just remember big pop we, I, I remember be- him being frustrated at the point with uh, in between us where we were like we probably faced each other ten or twelve times or something, and i he was at the point where he was frustrated or frustrated with me to the, he wasn 't even looking middle anymore and I remember him just rolling over a basic two scene you know I do remember that do you remember much about
0: your encounters with him and what that was like the chess match constantly because he was probably the guy during that season and even subsequent seasons you had to face a
1: lot. Yeah. I mean, I faced him like 20 or 25 times and uh, he, you know, I realized with guys like that, it's easy, to, it's easy to remember how you pitched them. You know, if you're facing like an eight hole guy, it's harder to kind of draw back and remember, but with, with guys like big poppy and A-Rod and the big name guys, I mean, you remember every, you remember when they're walking to the plate, you know, you remember everything. So um, from my encounters with him with, I know that he was, he, he was at first trying to be the tough guy, you know, and then I ended up getting him, and then he tried to play soft, and he ended up jumping me. I just remember that kind of game. We were was an act. We were both acting and trying to, uh, you know, just kind of like poker, uh, you know, act how we weren't feeling, you know, and it was pretty, uh, pretty fun. It was a pretty fun deal, and, and I probably owe a lot of my career to him because he started me out having to deal with um, such a great performer like him. The last conversation I had with James Shields, he told me about the day after the Coco-Chris
0: fight that they actually had a conversation. Did you ever have conversations with Poppy off the
1: field, after a game, before a game? And if so, yeah. what was that like? He was just a nice guy. So he was He, – I'm a guy I didn't want to talk to my opponents, you know, and he was always trying to talk to you. You know, he was wanting to get – you. Know, he's a guy that needed to talk to He wanted to know what you're thinking because he has to hit you. You know, I don't want him to know I'm holding the ball, you know, and I could – Advantage always goes to the pitcher if that guy doesn't know you. I mean, uh, the pitcher can really benefit from that. But he was uh, – I mean, he was just too much of a sweetheart not to. And I was too excited to, to not talk to him. You just do. I mean, you want to talk to big poppy. I mean, uh, he would always try to ask – try to get in my head, ask me what I'm thinking. What are you doing to do to me next? Is he going to start me off with the curveball? And then that would get <laughs> – believe it or not, that gets in my head, you know. And I'm – <laughs> he's sitting on it, isn't he? And then I'm throwing the heater in. And then sure enough, he gets a double. You know, and you're going, like, God. Ah. But uh, it, I just remember it was always in fun times. We were always having a couple beers. Um, and it was always after the, after the games where, you know, we were both tired. Everyone seemed tired and we, everyone went out. And, and when we ran into each other, we couldn't even fake it anymore. We had to say what's up and just act like we weren't, you know, competitors. And uh, those, are, those are the good times that uh, you draw back on as well. That year was your first really in the bullpen
0: Do you remember the conversation about when you became a reliever? Because I remember when the Rays traded for you from Kansas City, Andrew Friedman had said you're going to be a starter. How – you're such a, again, a positive guy. Was it hard to accept or was it easy for you?
1: No. I mean, for me it was about being in the big leagues, you know, at that point. Of course I wanted to be a starter. You You get more money and it's more fun. You get to be in the game for more than, you know, three batters, you know um or a batter now it's three batters but um uh and so for me I, it was easy it was easy they said you're in the big leagues in the bullpen or the triple a as a starter it was like they couldn't even finish their sentence you know it was happening i wanted to go to the bullpen and i liked the bullpen honestly more at the time uh because it was every day and it was more jam-packed you know i you know it was it was happening there was guys were on game was on the um and that fit me more at the time as i got older i was starting to miss starting You get those four days off but and the bullpen, uh, it, it's just a, it's a sprint, and I really enjoyed joy that high intensity. Who helped
0: you the most, and what were the personalities like? Because it was you, it was Balfour, it was Percy, it was Wheeler, Miller. I mean, there were some really unique guys down there. What were they like with you?
1: I mean, you name you name all those guys. They all helped me. I mean, but uh, I mean, Dan Wheeler was the first guy to, to kind of like yank me by the neck, because I you know, and say you need a routine. And if you don't, you're not going to last long. And so that, that I appreciate a lot, you know, I appreciate that. And uh, he kept it honest. Um, and I was a young, I was kind of, I was, uh, I guess you could say immature. I was out there. I couldn't, I couldn't shut up. You know, I'm still like that a little bit. But, uh, and, and he was, they were all so accepting of me. I mean, it, you know, so that was huge. You know, those guys, those guys make me feel comfortable because I was with the, the Royals and it didn't always feel like that, that comfortable, you know, me and the guys weren't clicking and, Um, It was probably probably me trying to make an adjustment to the big leagues and and being feisty, not wanting to – I didn't want to be coached too much, you know, because it was messing me up in my head. And and those guys knew they were real delicate with me and understood that, you know, I needed to do things my way and um, let me fail. And when I have a question I'll ask, they really let me me be myself and and figure it out. And then whenever I would get stumped, they were right there to – to, to share what they did and how they got through things, which not all guys do, you know, you know that. Um, some guys mm-hmm. are real secretive and uh, even to their teammates, and that's okay. You got to respect that because it is at the end of the day a business. But if you want to win the World Series or go big, you got to share some things, and, um, and that's what great teams do. What were those
0: personalities like, though? Those four guys?
1: Um, all, I cause... mean, I mean, they, yeah, sorry, they, they were all different. I mean, so very different. You had Percival, who was old. He was getting out at the end. Yeah, I'm at his age now, so he wasn't that old. Uh, and so, uh, you know, he was getting up there. We had Dan, who just signed a contract, which we were all admiring. He's a three-year deal. And we got Grant, who was just a scrapper. You know, who, who, you know, never got the credit, but always seemed to perform. You know, he never got that, uh, all that love. You know, and and so, you know, those guys. Uh, it was just too Trevor Miller. I mean, God, he was like a dad to me. You know, he was just like took me in. Um He's such a responsible family man. I mean, that's that's what I try to draw on. How consistent he can be under all—he can weather any storm. That guy, you know, it doesn't matter what he's doing. He's he's always calm, cool, and collected. So I mean, when you look back on it, I mean, some those guys all had such a huge impact. You know, uh, I mean, but I always I always like I said in the beginning, Dan Wheeler was the first guy. You know, who, and then so that, I think that helped everyone else kind of kind of help me. You know, uh, it takes one, and he was the first. So. I I was thinking him and, and stuff when I'm reminiscing reminiscing a little bit.
0: You um you and Grant both put up the like video game like numbers over the last three, four months, especially. Did you play off well one another? Why do you think you guys were both so effective in the same season and sometimes following
1: one another in games? Well, he was just um, I, I thrived off his like Australian attitude and it's like a rugby type of guy. You know, he was he was ready to fight, man, at all times, and that's and that's what I, I was like, my gosh, is it really like this? You know what I mean? Is this what we're doing? Is this what we're doing for 162? And uh, and I, I was all in. It was like a football game every day. It was like a, you know, boxing match. And it was like, you better be ready. when Even when you're up 10, it was like our, our saying was side or fail, which was strike out the side or it's a fail. You know, it's a – and that's like, you know, crazy. But that's, that's legitimately what you expected. And you trained yourself to expect that. And – and that took a lot of pressure off us. And um, so playing with him, he worked out every single day. So I learned from him how to go in the gym every day. I don't think I missed a day after him. You know, hmm. I, didn't go, I didn't miss a day in the gym in the, in the big leagues after him. Like, no way. You know, and, uh, and he was just an animal out there. So he, he, made, he let me know it was okay to go out there and be a little crazy if you have to. Don't worry about it. You know, apologize later was his motto, I think.
0: What was uh, – do you remember a game where you got really emotional? And, and if so – I mean was... all of
1: them. All of them. I don't know if there was one in particular. There was a, all of them I got I – got, uh, I was in. Because you weren't like – I mean, remember
0: when he got on Cabrera in the, in the White Sox in the playoffs? Oh, and...
1: like that, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, like yeah you I never was... got like that, did you? Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did a couple times. Just a few. Just a few, though. You know, when... but uh, I remember Victor Martinez getting – I couldn't stand him a couple times. He really <laughs> bugged me. And I, I didn't throw at him that one time. He thinks I threw at him. I threw at him, I threw at him one time that wasn't on TV. But that one time that he got upset, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't throwing at him. But um, and then I got in a little scuffle with you know I went in a fight with the Dodgers and in the, in the um who was Dbacks, and I and you go out there you don't know who's who. I uh, ended up getting in a scuffle. I'm hitting the coach. I'm hitting one of the coaches. <laughs> hitting him in the ribs. Uh, Turner was, uh, so I hit him in the ribs, you know, and, and it was, uh, that was kind of embarrassing. You know, I thought it was a player. <laughs> I'm hitting a guy, 55, 50 year old man. And that's messed up, you know? So I didn't get much street cred for that one, but it was a good, <laughs> good tussle. I threw him into the rail. He, I got choked out by Montero, Miguel Montero. So it was all, those are some fun times you look back on. No one got seriously hurt or anything, you know?
0: When you were with the Rays, though, when did you really feel it clicked? Like, when did you feel, okay, I'm honestly...
1: Like, the, the day I got traded, the day I got traded over there, because I came from such a tough situation to where, uh, you know, uh, we were losing 100 games with the Royals. And then I, I soon get over to – we were in Canada. I forgot what city. But I got traded over there, and, um, and there was a fight in the clubhouse with the Rays. It was like Delman Young, uh, Elijah. They were kind of scuffling. I, you know, I know it's not pretty, but um, it, it was – they were caring. They were cared about winning. It was about playing. It was about how hard you were playing effort and i was like man i haven't seen this in a while since since the longhorn days my texas days where you know we were fighting the clubhouse about not playing hard and all that this was a team that cared it was one goal legitimately for everybody we were like kind of some misfits some guys that were not getting paid some underpaid none of us had money at the time so we're all trying to get there you know how it is when you're trying to get there and um i knew right away i mean it just did you just have that sense you know you just it's going to be, a, if you come through us, it's going to be really tough, you know, and that's how it felt. But
0: I guess also, like,
1: when you felt
0: in the big leagues
1: as a reliever, all
0: right, it clicked for me. I, I can do this and I'm going to stick. Because that's Joe Madden used to always say there's like five stages of a big leaguer. And like stage three was believe you belong.
1: And when right. did you feel
0: that as a reliever?
1: See, I, I always felt like uh, I belong, but the, it was more, more mentally mentally was i okay was i acting okay was i was i being weird you know was that was the hurdle i had you know big time hurdle i always i never had a problem with the with getting over losses and thinking i still belong it was do i fit in Am I, am i am i acting right am i working you know stuff like that and i knew when i when i was around those raised guys that i was in safe hands you know i knew that i was in safe hands i knew that they were going to teach me the way and then when you're talking about, like, a performance, a performance that I, I remember was I remember, I remember just pitching so bad sometimes and being able to pitch so good the very next game as a starter. And I remember knowing that someday those bad ones won't be as bad and the great ones may not be as great, but there'll be a balance there and it should, should last a while. And, um, and when you get, like, a really good hitter out or you throw a really good curveball and you know you can repeat that, you get a sense that you, you may be able to stick, you know.
0: Was there a pitch that you thought was yours? Because I remember the hardest thing for me watching you, whether it was in Durham or Tampa Bay, was knowing even what pitch you threw because <laughs> you didn't have a big, like, mile-per-hour differential. No. Fastball to curve to change up. Like, a lot of them look the same, and
1: you'd get some awkward looks. That's what happens when you, when you throw slow. You don't have any velocity. You don't you all look the same. They're all 85. You know, one goes one way, one goes the other. No, it was, you know – it was more at angles. I think it really was. It was angles. And then I, I almost looked like I threw my curveball harder than my fastball. So I would be real relaxed and just kind of lob my – I don't lob it, but I would just be nice and easy on it. And then my curveball, would really jam. You know, I'd really kind of yank it. You could see the arm speed. And I think guys reacted to that a lot, my body. You know, I'm falling off, falling off to the side, you know. People got annoyed with that stuff. And I think that they just tried to, just, they tried to crush me a little too much, you know. It was, it was funny too, that you talked,
0: um, in a way about, you know, kind of the, the mental side and the fitting in part of it, because we were always told the race clubhouse was where every guy felt, okay, they let me be myself. Did, did that
1: help through all of, all of your stretches? That was number one. That was number one. It felt like a, a family. I mean, that's what I was searching for when I was, um, you know, I'm not calling out the Royals because there's, there's 29 other clubhouses that have bad compared to one. Every, only one team can win it all, right? Um, so it's nothing to do with them. It was more just where they were at times. I wasn't, it was, I wasn't getting along with the older guys. Um, if I said something funny, it wasn't appropriate time. You know what I mean? If I, if I didn't have my hair combed, I looked like a slob. You know what I mean? It was just – and I had enough of that. I had enough of that because I knew I was a good guy. I just needed to be left alone and be, be allowed to work hard. And I'll be nice to you. You know, I'll be nice in return. And if I have that, I think that's a very healthy environment, you know. And when I went to the Rays, it was more than that. You know, it was, hey, come with me. Let me come with me. I'll, I'll, let me let's go in the work. Let's gym together. Let's go on a run together out by the bay at the, you know, at the trough. Let's uh, let's do this. Let's do that together. And I'm going, you know, at first I didn't want to hang out with anyone because I was thinking, okay, we're all, we all just do our own things in the big leagues. We don't, we, we don't hang out. We don't hang out. We just go home. Nope. Not with the Rays. We went to, out to eat. Went to each other's hotel rooms. We played cards. We played video games. Uh, we had beers all the time together. We talked on the back of the planes. I mean, it was, it was like a boarding school. You know, it was like a boarding school. It really was. It was like a bunch of boys just trying to scrap and get her done, you know. And it was very simple. It was very simple. When we had issues, they were eliminated. They were eliminated because we talked about them. No big deal. You know, if you've got an attitude problem, we're going to let you know. Don't, don't try to fight. Let's just talk, you know. And, and that's what happened.
0: As someone who spent more than a decade in the big leagues and about half that time with the Rays, was that the most fun you had anywhere? I know you, had, you were in L.A., which had to be a lot of fun as someone who grew up in California.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, L.A. was like a dream kind of a thing, like where, uh, you know, wow, I can't believe I'm playing for the Dodgers. My family gets to see um, me all the time. I mean, I'm in the big leagues. That's, you know, I didn't think that would ever happen playing in California. But when it was with the Rays, it was very special. It was – it was like you're blooming, you bloomed, you know, you you op- your, you hatched, you hatched or whatever you, you know, and it was like, you saw everything for the first time, you know, and, uh, and you're experience, experiencing this with guys that you grew up with, like BJ and Casmere. I right? I came up with them in USA ball. Um, and, and now I'm here with them in, in the, in the big leagues. And we're, I mean, we we had to pinch ourselves. We You know, we may, act, we may have acted cockier. Like we knew it was happening, but, man, sometimes we would look at each other and we couldn't believe what was happening. You know, we were on that playoff run and even just playing in the big leagues, you know, just being there. That was pretty uh, – very special to, to us. I know that.
0: Are you still in touch with those guys? And if not, who from that team do you still text with or call?
1: I talk to a lot of guys. I see a lot of guys on video games, you know, and believe it or not. So, like, you know, that's kind of a unique way to run into people is, is you'll just shoot them a text. You can see what game they're playing and, and see what they're doing, especially during the shutdown, this quarantine. You know, guys are playing some video games quality time so um i talk i try to uh, i talk to price some guys on facebook you know it's hard to remember who i'm talking to. i talk to everybody i talk to everybody you know really i mean if i if they have a facebook page we you know we sent each other uh something to chat about you know and so um that's what's cool about facebook i don't like social media stuff but man you can keep in touch with everybody you know you might as well do it you know what's your video game of choice right now are you any good I'm all right. I play a lot of hours. I should be better than I am. You know, I play Fortnite, um all the sports games. I mean, I love I just love competing, you know, being uh but Fortnite, I mean, we get we get real serious. We're getting into FIFA. I've never been a soccer guy, so I'm learning how to play some soccer. Um my nephew's nasty. He's 10. Uh he's he's ridiculous. He can do the PC or the console, it doesn't matter. Me, I, I'm a PS4 guy, you know. So I mean, I'm, I I got to sharpen up my tools a little bit for that.
0: Well, you got, to, you got a young one to teach you, right?
1: Absolutely, he does. Yeah, he keeps me going, so it's been fun.
0: Cool. Well, part of the reason we touched base was uh, because of, you know, obviously texting, but social media too. It's, I didn't bring you on because it was your birthday last week, but belated happy birthday.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. I'm, get, I'm 37, so I feel good, and um, I'm healthy and happy, so I'll take it.
0: And we're glad to see that. And we certainly appreciate the time on our latest alumni uh, race podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us, JP. It's
1: always so great talking to you, Neil. Thank you.
0: That's JP Howell. And we certainly hope you are staying safe and being socially distant. And hopefully we'll chat with another race alumni real soon. Thanks for being with us.